Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning and welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this Thursday. Glad you are with us. By the way, I should have given a heads up to Tommy and to Bernie. Uh, you guys need to find the uh, circus music. You know the circus music? Da, 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 da. I mean, it's really necessary it. for today. It, it's crazy what is going on regarding legal issues related to Donald Trump. We have two different courtrooms where drama is unfolding in New York. There is the start of a case. Um, this particular case is regarding hush money. Now, the breaking news on this particular story, the Trump lawyers were seeking to have this particular case just completely dismissed. The motion to dismiss the case has been denied. The president himself, former president, arrived at the courthouse just a few minutes ago, this is a criminal hush money case, and the trial is set to begin next month. Trump is charged in the case with falsifying business records related to $140,000 payment. His then-lawyer, Michael Cohen, gave porn star Stormy Daniels shortly before the 2016 election in exchange for her silence about her alleged sexual tryst with then-Republican presidential nominee. Now, Trump denies having sex with Daniels, has pleaded not guilty to 34 felony charges in the Manhattan Supreme Court case. This is crazy. 34 felony charges? Talk about overcharging. I don't know anything about the legal ins and outs of this, but on the face of it, it sounds silly. Donald Trump, for his part, arrived at the courthouse a little while ago. And as I mentioned, the court's appearance was designed, ideally, to get this case thrown out. But that effort has failed. Trump is charged in the case with falsifying business records related to that $130,000 payment. His then-lawyer, Michael Cohen, gave to Stormy Daniels. So, this case is going to proceed. It's scheduled to start March 25th. One of the arguments, by the way, was that Trump was the victim of selective prosecution. But that argument failed, and this thing will proceed with jury selection and all the other aspects of a trial that you would normally see. The other case unfolding right now in a Georgia courtroom, we have testimony and we may listen in in a moment, but I want to tell you what's happening first. The judge in that case is considering whether to disqualify the DA, Fonnie Willis. The judge presiding over criminal charges against Donald Trump, hearing arguments about whether to disqualify her. This centered on allegations that Willis and special prosecutor Nathan Wade personally benefited from a romantic relationship. <laughs> this 
you just can't get crazier than this. The hearing expected to center around allegations from one of Trump's co-defendants that Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis and Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade personally benefited from that relationship. Obviously, Trump cannot be present at that hearing. He's up in New York. (laughs) A separate hearing. In fact, I heard him as he started a news conference outside the courthouse saying that this whole thing is election interference. In fact, it's interfering with him being in South Carolina. That's where he said he is supposed to be today for a campaign appearance. And he is, in his description, unnecessarily distracted and pulled away from campaigning to deal with this foolishness in the courtroom in New York. But in Atlanta, this circus that we are seeing unfold got underway with uh, it's it's one of the things you really have to watch to get how silly all of it is right now they're having discussion because let me tell you what is one of the central questions when did this relationship this relationship between Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade, when did it start? The timetable of this is important. Now, supposedly, they started working together back in 2010. It's now 14 years ago. Now, the attorney for one of the defendants in this particular case, one of the people being prosecuted, is basically, the whole idea is to impeach Fonnie Willis. It's basically to expose her as being a fraud. If we can, let's listen in on Ashley Merchant. She is speaking right now on behalf of her defendant. And the again, they're not even talking about that case. They're talking now about the relationship between Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade. Let's listen to what's going on in the courtroom. Mr. Wade, we contend, has filed a false affidavit with this court. That is fraud to the court. If this witness has direct knowledge that that is not true then that's an exception to attorney-client privilege. All right. Um, Ms. Merchant, if you could re-ask that question, again, qualifying it as, if it's, I think you qualified it as anything that, outside of anything he learned or was told as a result of his representation, it was just any observations he made, which, in my mind, as you phrased the question, would have included before December 2018, when this first consultation occurred. Uh, I I think if you can go step by step, uh, we can handle this. And and Judge, I would just ask permission. Um, We gave the state notice under 611 that all of these witnesses do not want to be here. They are adverse witnesses. I understand. Yes, so I'd like to have Lee Wayne to be able to cross it. Thank you, Judge. Um, All right, Mr. Bradley. Yes, ma'am. In... um, You have knowledge that their relationship began in 2019. And you heard there the introduction of one of the witnesses. They're going back to him. His name is Terrence Bradley. We may listen to a little bit of this later on. And again, they're trying to identify the timetable on when this relationship started and how this may or may not have impacted cases these two were involved in. This is just a cluster. It really is. 
You know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, and uh, he was just making the comment to me that one of the things that he's always uh, committed to is just, I do not want to have any relationship with anybody in my workplace. And here is Exhibit A as to why you don't do that, especially in this kind of situation when you're dealing with very important legal cases. It can get very, very ugly. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program... From social media, some interesting items here. We have this from Jeff. Love Trump or hate him? He's actually right on this one. This is election interference because it's disabling his ability to campaign. Didn't they use election interference as a reason to not go after Joe Biden when his corruption came out? My, how things have changed as far as the funny Willis situation goes. Never make your honey where you make your money <laughs> that never crap where you eat <laughs> pretty clever there Jeff we also have this Vince I don't understand JFK cheated Clinton cheated all the Epstein visitors cheated even Jimmy Carter lusted in his heart think of all our campaign contributions Trump is using for his legal team why couldn't God have just stopped after Adam <laughs> It's a very good question. Very good question. We'll continue to follow this circus as it unfolds. Most of the interesting activity now focused on Atlanta as this determination will be made as to whether the legal proceedings against Trump and all the co-defendants, whether they're going to continue with Fannie Willis in charge or whether she might get dumped from those proceedings on the grounds of some type of need for disqualification. So time will tell what will happen there. Our other big story, the disturbing events at the Chiefs Victory Parade. This was just crazy. I um, think I took an afternoon nap yesterday and, and woke up to see headlines about this particular incident. And it's, it's just crazy. Think to yourself, what, what is going through someone's mind? At this point, to my understanding, the motivation behind this is a great mystery. Drudge headlines on this. Shots fired at Chiefs Victory Parade. 22 injured, including children. Local DJ dead. Fans tackle suspect. That's the cool part of this. In fact, there's actually video where you can see one of these guys get tackled before police come over and arrest this person. Absolutely crazy. Just as the rally was coming to a close, police reported shots had been fired near Union Station and asked fans to leave. At least 22 victims, including nine children, shot in the tragic attack. 
Lisa Lopez Galvin, a local DJ, was killed in the shooting. Three people have been detained for investigation. This was just after Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the rest of the Chiefs addressed the crowd in downtown Kansas City following this two-mile parade. As I told you, one of the highlights of this, and I say that as really a blessing in the fact that someone, several people, brought an end to this madness. UK Daily Mail reports it this way. Kansas City Chiefs fans tackle parade shooter and hold him down until cops arrive in dramatic video. And there's a quote, we've got the gun. This guy was tackled. Three gunmen opened fire inside Union Station moments after the team left the stage. One person killed, 29 others injured. Fans, including young children, ran from the gunfire. Amid the terror, a heroic group of men were seen taking down one of the suspected perpetrators. They hauled the alleged gunman to the ground and then shouted, We've got the gun. They held this suspect down until cops arrived to detain him. At this point, the motive for this, who knows? One of those detained, pictured in a red hoodie, sitting on a curb with his hands cuffed behind his back. A heartbroken Mahomes later took to social media, offering his condolences, praying for Kansas City, he wrote. The White House said in a statement, the president's been briefed on the shooting in Kansas City and will continue to receive updates. White House officials have been in touch with state and local leaders and federal law enforcement on the scene supporting local law enforcement. I'm very glad about the fact that people stepped up to the plate here, didn't wait for authorities to respond, and took care of business. Made sure that... This guy was taken down in a situation that certainly could have been much worse. It was bad enough, but it certainly could have been worse. And hopefully we'll find out more about the whys and wherefores for this crazy, crazy event. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, <laughs> this is what's going on right now. Are we able to listen in on this? This looks to be kind of interesting. Uh, this is back in the Atlanta courtroom, Fonnie Willis situation. And you were essentially her best friend during this time, right? That best friend. Good friend. Good friend. Okay, close friend. And so would you frequently socialize with her? Yes. Um, and you saw her at work every day? Yes. So you had a chance to see them interact together on a personal level? Yes. Um, and so from everything that you saw, heard, witnessed, um, it's your understanding that they were in a romantic relationship beginning in 2019? Yes. And um, 
when you left the DA, oh, I'm sorry, let me ask you. Um, you said that Ms. Willis came to live with you in April of 2021. I'm sorry, April 1st, 2020 or 2021? I never did with her. Okay, I'm sorry. She took over your lease in April, April 1st, 2020, correct? No, 2021. 20, okay, I'm I had it both ways, so I'm glad you clarified. So when she took over your lease in April 1st, 2021, it's your understanding she moved out of the house that she was sharing with her father and started staying at the condo? Yes. And is it your understanding that that's because she needed to have her own space? Yes. Away from her father? Yes. Okay. Um, when you left the DA's office, was it, um, were you fired? No, I resigned. You resigned, okay. Just one moment, Judge. All right, you're listening to a little bit of testimony. I just thought we'd drop in on this for a little bit. This is Robin Yurti. She is a worker in Fannie Willis's office. Um, and again, office? Uh, let's listen to a little more. Um, the number of things that was happening. A number of things that were happening, is that what you said, ma'am? Yes. Okay. What what was happening that you that caused you to resign? Um, it was a spiral of things. So, um, I guess the the last straw is I was, I was put in a department that I knew had no knowledge about something happened, and I didn't like it. They didn't like it. And that was it. Okay. Did you have any falling outs with Miss Willis? Well, we never spoke after that. You never spoke after that. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, I think we've heard enough of this for now, but there are going to be other witnesses testifying. And, and again, all of this pointing to the timeline for this relationship between Funny Willis and her, um, her, her uh, beau, whatever you want to call him, who was... <laughs> This is just, I can't believe we're talking about this stuff, but there are concerns that this has some impact on the proceedings, the trial of not only Donald Trump, but co-defendants, which is one of the reasons why they are going after this particular issue. So stay tuned. I should probably mention something very important, very timely for those of you who are dedicated to be involved in our electoral process early voting is now underway believe it or not i mean it's kind of crazy to think of the, about the timeline for the election we've got the primary that officially happens march 2nd but right now early voting is underway Today is the first day. There are 340 early voting sites across the state. In fact, 36% of voters choosing early voting in the 2020 presidential primary, 39% in the 2022 primary. As long as you're an eligible voter, you can vote at any early voting site in your county. So familiarize yourself with the candidates and make sure you're prepared to show your photo ID and 
then make your choices. So the process officially underway here in the state of North Carolina. All right. One of the things that we want to delve into is what is characterized by the House Intelligence Chair Mike Turner as a serious national security threat. The Hill reported it this way. House Intel Chair calls on Biden to declassify details on this serious national security threat. Turner's call, largely out of step with other voices in Congress, who said the matter, while serious, was no call for alarm. The ranking member on the panel, Representative Jim Hines, said it was not of great urgency and the people should not panic. You know, when I think of, when I first saw this, I don't know what you were thinking, but I first saw this yesterday evening, I'm thinking, okay, is there an imminent attack planned against the United States? Your mind can go all kinds of places because of the lack of information at the very beginning. Turner said today the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available for all members of Congress, Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. I'm requesting President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so the Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. So now we found out a little more information about what this threat actually is. And it's disturbing. It's not imminent, but it's very disturbing. We'll tell you what it is and perhaps what the United States may do in response. Also, coming up in a few minutes, I am very excited about having my son on this broadcast. And he's going to provide what I call a Zoomer perspective. I think this is interesting because I'm... You know, as frustrated as I am with so many people in younger generations, there are people I see who are certainly bright lights, and they have worked through these issues on their own. It's not a matter of just, you know, grabbing perspectives from their parents. They've hammered through these things, done their own research, and they're reaching very independent conclusions. And for that, I respect the heck out of people and for such, especially my son, you're going to hear that conversation coming up. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. So we've heard about this concern about this security threat that is posed by Russia. What is this exactly? Well, we have a little more information on this. And it's certainly serious. But again, it is not imminent. Business Insider reveals Russia could blind the U.S. by taking out satellites using a nuclear space weapon. This is according to a former CIA chief. 
You remember him, former CIA director Leon Panetta, discussing reports of a new Russian weapon. This could actually disable U.S. satellites. The U.S. is also in the midst of developing ways to counter this weapon. But essentially, it would blind us by using a nuclear-capable weapon to disable satellites in space. It became partially public after U.S. lawmakers started to describe briefings they received about the threat, which they did not name. Multiple media reports citing U.S. officials said the threat was Russia developing a nuclear weapon to be deployed against satellites. As you know, at this stage of things, satellites pivotal for transmitting information ranging from cell phone data to military communications. Panetta made some efforts to flesh out how such a system could work. Speaking in hypothetical terms, making clear he does not have direct knowledge of the situation. If Russia could blind our ability to be able to gather that kind of information, make no mistake about it. That would be an act of war. It would threaten our national security. He said the U.S. was likely developing a similar capacity to target satellites and also to defend its own satellites from attacks. So I'm sure the Pentagon is developing the ability not only to attack, to track what the Russians are doing and determine whether or not they're going to try to deploy something like this, but also how they defend against it if it should happen. Pretty scary stuff. Other reports describing it differently, PBS News reporting. Sources saying the satellite would be powered by a nuclear reactor, but not itself a nuclear weapon. A former U.S. official told the Times, the U.S. does not currently have the capacity to counter the threat, but the launch of the Russian weapon did not appear to be imminent. And not surprising, the use of the weapon would likely breach the 1967 Outer Space Treaty between the U.S. and the Soviet Union and many other nations. That treaty bans signatory nations from putting nuclear weapons in orbit. Security experts have long believed if the U.S. and Russia were to go to war, attacks to disable satellites could be among the very first moves. So, uh, this is pretty creepy stuff. I mean, when you think about it, it's scary to think the potential for some pretty serious mischief. From a serious threat to drama unfolding in a courtroom now in Atlanta, a few minutes ago, the witness that you listened in on for a little bit who knew Fonnie Willis did indeed testify that she had first-hand knowledge that she and the other man in the DA's office, she saw them kissing and hugging. <laughs> I wonder what people are thinking as they're watching this unfold in the courtroom. But this is the nature of this testimony. And what they're trying to do, I think, is to impeach Ms. Willis and prove that she is basically lying in what she has said about when this relationship actually began. So um, right now, Nathan Wade, 
uh, getting sworn in to come to the stand. I think he is a friend. Um, I mean, this, my gosh, what do you do with this stuff? I mean, it's one of those things where I, yeah, this is going to get very hot, very fast. Nathan Wade is the guy Fonnie Willis is connected to. So um, I expect this is going to be kind of intriguing. Let's listen in for a little bit. And, I mean, they may just start off with some softball stuff here at the beginning, but just in case they go right in for the jugular, why not? Let's listen in. In that divorce proceeding, did you file um, answers, things such as interrogatories? I did. Okay. And so interrogatories are where you're responding to things that basically answers that the other side is asking? Yes, ma'am. And I've got your complaint for divorce. I'm just going to mark it for the record as Defendant's Exhibit 2. The first interrogatories that you answered, those were December 27th, 2021. Is that right? They're about this Okay. And in those, um, you were asked different things, but those are sworn. You actually swear to those. You verify them, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. and so that verification is where you're swearing under oath that everything in it is true? Yes, ma'am. And let's see. The um, You were asked if you had any documents re- which relate to the purchase of gifts by you to any person other than the defendant with whom you have or had a relationship, romantic relationship, from the date of your marriage, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you responded under oath that you didn't have any documents <clears throat> to that? That's correct. Um, you again responded to an interrogatory. You updated those responses on May 30th, 2023. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And you actually sent those directly to opposing counsel in the divorce? Yes, ma'am. Um, but in that one, you answered none again to that question, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So May 30th, 2023, you said that you didn't have any documents showing any purchase of anything with someone that you had a romantic relationship with? I believe the interrogatory was, was gifts. Okay. Not anything, gifts. And I, ha- and I have it if you want to take a look. Um, I'm gonna mark, okay, so. Again, so you're listening to testimony from the uh, man who actually had a relationship with Fadi Willis. In fact, the former DNC chair, Donna Brazil, she says that Fonnie Willis showed bad judgment by having that relationship with Nathan Wade. Let's see what they get him to say on the stand and whether this might contradict things that he's already sworn to, which would profoundly undermine the story they are telling now. We shall see. Hour number two straight ahead, a conversation with my son. Stay with us. Welcome to hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. Glad you are with us still to come. We've got several other things we're looking to delve into closer to home. Some not so complimentary things to say about Charlotte drivers. I know some of you may have already communicated some of these things. You will hear about this. Speaking of transportation, some much needed money coming to the city of Charlotte for airport improvements that are certainly needed, and one particular area will get the attention 
that it's probably needed for quite some time. Just a couple of things we will talk about coming up. I've been looking forward to this conversation because I've been intrigued by not only conversations, but social media posts of a person very close to me. I'm referring to my oldest son, who is joining me on the broadcast for the first time this morning. Uh, Some of you may remember years ago going way, way back to the time that, um, uh, way, way back, the time I was on television and seeing when he was actually born. So now you get to hear a grown-up young man who um, is very thoughtful and I'm very, very proud of. I want to welcome Ryan to the broadcast. Good morning and welcome, young man. Hello. How are you doing? (laughs) All right, sir. Hey, I want to start off just uh, when we were talking the other day to set up our conversation today, uh, you characterized yourself as a Zoomer. Uh, is there anything? Okay, <laughs> is there anything in particular that 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 people should know about Zoomers, people in your age group, uh, your mindset that would help people to be more understanding and appreciative of who you are and and what you people in your generation have to offer? Um, well, well, I mean that's a pretty broad uh, question, I suppose. But I, I would be considered, I guess, near the front end of the Zoomer generation didn't make the cutoff for the millennials. Um, but I, I think there's, and Zoomers, sort of uh, the slang for Gen Z. I was sort of memeing uh, when I used the term. But um, yeah, I, I think that Gen Z, we have an extreme exposure to literally everything, and it can seem like the young people of this generation are for lack of better terms, just crazy in terms of everything that uh, we can get into. But I, I think it's just that there are very loud people who have a lot more access than previous generations at our age did. Um, so I, I would say that people may be shocked that a lot of younger people may not be quite as radical as it's portrayed oftentimes in media. And that's, I see, this is one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on, because I think you can say a lot of things that are very reassuring to people who might be concerned about the future. Uh, One of the important things I want to talk about, this is an an election year, 2024. And, um, hey, I want to get your thoughts on this contest. We've seen the polls indicating the American people generally do not want a rerun of the 2020 matchup. Uh, is that Not pretty much, is that where you are? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd prefer if we didn't have to choose between these two individuals, but it's very clear to me that this is just the way that the system works. We don't, obviously there's the sentiment in the media, oh, democracy is under attack. Who picked these people? You know, on either side, I don't know. The, the Democrats don't even want to be running Biden. And there are plenty of Republicans who don't want to be running Trump, but I, I don't. I don't think what's going on right now with the Republican Party is necessarily a. Uh, it, it's not the Republican Party of yesteryear, and a lot of people would say, "Oh, now it is Trump's party," and I guess you could argue that to be the case. But I think the growing sentiment for a lot of people across the political spectrum is they're finding themselves either in or outside of the camp of America first. And I would consider myself a person who is in the America first category. 
Okay, fair enough. If you had to choose today, who would you pick and why? Um, I think the best way to answer that question straight up is there is no way <laughs> I would vote for Joe Biden. I, I did not uh, vote last time around. I thought about it. And I, I didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I had a, a good moral. I, I didn't feel right with my moral compass last time around. This time I, I've simplified a little. I've simplified it a little bit. I've had a taste of both climates. Uh, under both Trump and under Biden, and um, I've experienced a lot of the alarm the alarmism going both ways. And uh, as a person who would like to raise a family in this country and all that, uh, life is better under Trump. And not because Trump is in charge and King Trump is amazing and all that. It's because just objectively, by every metric. Uh, socioeconomically, and of course you can get into the weeds and you can go into social issues and stuff, but things were better before. Okay. You also mentioned you're kind of intrigued by RFK Jr. Why? What's intriguing about him? RFK has taken a bold stance by, well, one, after uh, the shenanigans of 2020, uh, he really stepped outside of well, actually, it's not necessarily that it was outside of his comfort zone. Um, he, he's done a lot of research into the vaccines and a lot of how people have actually been affected. Uh, I won't go all into it right now, but he has shown a willingness to speak to people who the media was saying don't listen to. And for that, they decided to try and censure him in Congress. And um, he has abandoned his political party i'm pretty sure the kennedys have all been democrat for the entire history of their um of their political well what's the word i don't know they've all been affiliated with the democrat party and he sort of for lack of better terms betrayed that to go independent because the democrats are not going to run him we're not going to let him run against trump in biden's place uh, obviously they decided that uh, they don't like democracy anymore, and they're going to accuse the Republicans of that, and they've taken away the ability for the Democrats to choose literally anybody but Joe Biden anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily a left-leaning person anyway, uh, but my concern, my one concern with RFK would be, would he, in the pursuit of goodwill, and, and that's assuming that he would act on goodwill, when he asked the position, would he cave to mass pressure? You know, like if, if there was a campaign to try and force him to do something, is he going to bend the knee or is he going to stand up for the American people and just stick by his principles? And so far, I haven't seen anything to indicate to me that he would just fold, but he's not quite as hard-headed as Joe Biden and Donald Trump. I'm not saying whether that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying that's Right now, what we've decided were what the race is going to be. You know, these two hard-headed people who, um, that honestly, that's their most definitive trait out of everything else. Do you have time to hold through a break, Ryan? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, let's uh, hold through a break because I want to get your thoughts on a couple of other things that are going on right now. And part of it, the age issue and how that figures into the equation in the race for president and perhaps a couple other social trends and things that are going on.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back to the Vince Coakley Radio Program, and we continue our conversation with Ryan, my firstborn son, who... Uh, I've mentioned very proud of and one of the things I love about him is about the fact that he's a deep thinker and he's not allowed uh, whatever influences to sway him any particular direction uh, it's given deep thought to so many things and I, I love seeing his social media posts one of the things I want to touch on a lot of the social issues that people especially younger people people in your age group and younger have jumped onto like the transgender thing and so many of these things i really believe that we're dealing with probably the most impressionable generation out there and one of the reasons is the easy access to social media and all of these influencers uh, do you think um is this largely a good thing or a bad thing all of the social media access for younger people? Oh, I think it's in, inherently it's a bad thing. However, I think a huge plus that we do have is even with this explosion of information and infinite access that we just weren't, we weren't designed to interact with such massive amounts of information this way or to be introduced to ideas and just flooded with them. I think that people are going to be shocked to find, or at least this is my personal belief, especially give it a few years, people are starting to uh, be less inclined to be to believe the first thing that they hear. Uh, sure, there's brainwashing going on, uh, for lack of better terms, and sure, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot. <laughs> I'll just leave it to saying that there's a lot. But I do genuinely think that everyone is starting to become more accustomed to the idea that we need to really think as individuals and thinks what serves us, what doesn't serve us. And even the way that we measure truth, um, the way that we assess the information that's given to us and whether it's pertinent, whether it's pertinent to us at all. And I'm not saying um, in the way that people say, Oh, well, why do you care about this issue? If it has nothing to do with you, we all live here. We all share this country. So, all these issues that end up part of the national conversation, there's something that we're all expected to have the right thing to say about or potentially get fired in some cases. Um, but basically I'm saying that I, I think a lot of it is very over-dramatized, and I think a lot of it is also remnants of probably the millennial generation and its influence on the Zoomer generation, because I'd say a lot of Gen Z they're not they're not as and i know i'm speaking generally um they they are not as um they, they tend to be more conscious online I, i'll put it that way okay um fair enough fair enough i want to go into this issue of uh you know i mentioned some of the things going on especially with social issues and how prepared do you see other people your age to face this onslaught of information? Did 
how well did parents do in preparing them for what was coming? Um, the, or there pretty was much- no way to prepare. There yes. was absolutely no way to prepare for what was coming. Um, our generation who grew up basically with the inception of the Internet uh, is familiar with technology in a way that I imagine that no one before really could have related to. And even no one afterwards. I mean, my youngest sibling, who's seven years after me, does not know a world before the Internet. I don't know a world before the Internet, but I I grew up with the evolution of uh, flip phones, sliders, and we had smartphones, you know, like technology really did a huge leap over the past 20 years. And yeah, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Understandable. Where do you look for leadership? You know, we talked about the um, presidential contest. Uh, what, you know, because there, there's this great divide because people talk about this all the time. The younger generation pretty much seeing the older boomers and and very dismissive. I, I don't know how many times I've been referred to as a boomer, which I'm not, by the way. Uh, and dismissively, who do people like you look to uh, with some measure of respect with the idea of, you know, these are people who may be able to help us in in discerning our future path. I think it's a really good question because I think I mean, I'd like to answer it by saying who I think we should be looking to for leadership, and I would say the individual. And I say that because there has been a very concerted effort to get people to look outwards and to put their attention on the next thing that is the most paramount. It is of the utmost importance. It requires you to pledge your fealty or for you to be afraid of it um, or, or, for, or for you to follow or not follow that person or to support or not support that presidential candidate. What it's really going to come down to is people taking responsibility for their own lives and realizing what's going to help me and my family and my community and that's another reason I think the younger generation is going to be better equipped than people give them credit for, because people are people come and go all the time in pop culture. You know, there's always a new famous person who falls off. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, I, I think that leadership really does need to come back to the individual, and I think that's why the America First movement is going to see a lot of success over the next year, regardless of what the uh, outcome of the election is. I honestly think that all the attention and all the chaos with the election is a distraction from the fact that people need to look inward and they need to do some inner work and start to get their own house in order, and we will see a better world. You know, that's that's one of the things I love about you, Jerry, is, and again, these are, you're a very thoughtful person, and I was just talking about this on the program the other day, and how uh, self-governance, a lot of people don't understand what self-governance is. They think, okay, that means we can vote. Uh, it's more than that. Self-governance, self-governance means you first govern yourself. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. uh, logical, right, that... And if that's the place where we all begin, as you said, that's the pathway to a much better future for all of us. Ryan, you are uh, just a very encouraging presence. And just this conversation today has been very encouraging. Thanks a lot for coming on the broadcast today. And, uh, hey, look forward to catching up again very soon.
All right. Have a good one. God bless you, man. Back to the Vince Coakley radio program at 36 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Very patient Dave waiting on the phone to talk with us. Good morning and welcome, Dave. Hey, Vince. Always appreciate you. Wow. I want to vote for Ryan for some sort of office, man. Impressive. He must, he must have an amazingly smart mom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's a, there's a great answer. Great answer. <laughs> no, seriously, man. Vince, I so appreciate your uh, um, unashamed uh, pro- proclamation of your love for Jesus and your faith. I appreciate Faith Fridays. I uh, appreciate a whole lot of things back here. This is a kissing part. Here comes the slapping part. Uh-oh. You, you made a statement the other day. You were all jacked up over Tim Scott kissing kissing Trump, you know. Oh, boy. And, yeah. and I understand to a certain extent. Actually, actually, Vince, I actually don't because I could never understand what it's like to be a black person in America, uh, I, I, I hang out with a bunch bunch of folks. I play play basketball many pounds, inches, and hairs ago. That's a whole other sad story. <laughs> and, but but you know, I, I hang out. And so I, I, I I'd like to think that maybe I have a clue, but I know there's no way. You know, there's just no way. And so I, I apologize up front, but I, I do think that you're a little a little hard on Tim. I think he was trying, you know, to to go along. You know these politicians, sadly. Um, it, it's really sad. We, we are blessed, by the way, in our congressional race. And, and that's the other thing i got to tell you, Vince. I was so sad I didn't get to see you out at Wingate. Man, you missed a heck of a night. It that's what I hear, outstanding. yes. Oh, man. Hopefully you've listened to the broadcast because uh, Bo and Beth were amazing. Uh, all of the – all of the it was just – it was – extremely high quality stuff i've never had anything remotely come close to that not that i'm some long-time political active guy but but i mean it was it was really sharp but anyway i just i just wanted to to give you a heads up you made a statement you said well you know republicans are just as responsible for for stuff as the democrats I, i i have to push back on that uh we we concern well you know what maybe not on republicans i prefer i am a conservative okay uh i don't even want to necessarily identify republican uh and i thought man ryan's ryan's answers were so insightful uh i i'm really impressed with your son man thank you for having him on i was like when i first heard it, i was like oh wow you know i'm gonna wait for this and and then man that, that was some good radio right there buddy well, thanks very much, and absolutely appreciate it. Uh, really awesome. So that was a kiss them, slap them, kiss them, and the slap wasn't too bad. Okay, right? not bad at all. I, hey, I've experienced much worse. Uh, Dave, oh, absolutely. I know, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you definitely have. Uh, do call again. I would look forward to talking okay. again sometime, Dave. Uh, very much appreciate that. Let's go out to Ralph. Good morning, Ralph, and welcome. Hey, Vince, how are you this morning? Hold on one second. Hey, Google, pause. I had to stop the radio so it didn't get to see that. <laughs> All righty. Um, I know how these things, things work. Vince. Yes, sir. Two things. I am so proud of your son, and I'm proud of you for raising such a great young man. Well, um, I all I can say that. is to God be the glory. I I, uh, I think they mm-hmm. – let me just put it this way before you go any further – 
I think there's so many things that go well, aside from giving credit to his mom. Also, uh, God does things despite uh, a child's parents. I'll just add that, too, because that's very important. So, <laughs> so go ahead. You you probably know what I'm talking but about. I'll make a note on that. I've always said <laughs> one out of ten is born, on, right? But the other nine out of ten of us have to be beat into submission. <laughs> I was bad. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> they had to beat me into submission. Anyway, um, two things that, that, that was one thing. Number two, I listen to Tara, but not avidly, because one thing as Christians, we got to realize we can't get caught up in all this stuff. That it dist- Some of these are just distractions and take us off our walk to get us yes, angry. Yes. So we spend time away from God and his will for us. Mm-hmm. Preach it. I, I mean, we're not supposed to vote. That means we're just supposed to not get in the turmoil that goes with all the rat race. Let yes. me put it that way. Yes. So she meant she was talking about, okay, Google, stop. She was talking about all the immigrants coming and the fact that the Venezuelan gangs were doing all this stuff in New York and all that, and the military can't be used on on citizens. I stayed on hold for an hour wanting to rebuke her for that because if that was the case, Black Wall Street would still be here. Because you know they use the military to bomb those people outside of Tulsa. I'm a Christian first. I believe in God. I, I, I try to love everybody. And I don't believe in reparations, but I do believe those people deserved a repayment for what was done to them. Because that was generational wealth destroyed. For no other reason than a jealousy. White supremacy was the reason for that and had nothing to do with what somebody did. It's just the fact that people of that color were not supposed to have that kind of wealth. Yep. Yep. It was not supposed to happen in that era at all. No. And you don't see anything about that. Channel 7 talks about black history, but they don't want to bring that up. Yeah, it's a very important uh, aspect. Have you ever heard of Andy Minio? He's a Christian rapper. No. He's Italian, and he 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 he, read, he he he's funny because he said, "How you play basketball, Andy? You 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 know white men can't jump and all that." <laughs> and so he has a song where it says, "How you want people to go on when you never even really apologized that it was a wrong done?" Hmm. It's and important. That's the to, truth. It's important to to uh, communicate that on some level, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. if you and your wife have a disagreement, and you were wrong, I'm sure that you won't have any good relationship to you. Let her know, honey. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Absolutely, there's got to be repentance, yeah. and uh, and I'm not saying yeah. we're supposed to. We can't just turn our heads like it didn't happen, like like a lot of people want us to do but we have to move on spiritually we can't be caught up in that that we're out there just picketing and marching and violent um i think the best thing we can all do is become a strong link in the chain ourselves work on ourselves and that's exactly what jerry was uh was saying the inner end of the conversation Mm -hmm. was so important is let's focus on being the strongest people we can possibly be ralph 
Very much appreciate your comments and these phone lines getting busy today for some reason. I promise we will try to get to more of your calls before we end our broadcast today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You know, this is exactly uh, a takeaway for me. Jeff writes in, it was pretty cool for you to have your son on the radio. It's even cooler. He's got a great head on his shoulders. Young people like him give me hope for the future. Hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Absolutely wonderful. A story I want to get to, actually a couple, before I try to get back to a call or two. Forbes. Forbes says Charlotte has some of the worst drivers in the U.S. What? Cities with the worst drivers published today. Charlotte lands at number 15. How did that happen? Forbes compared the 50 most populated cities across five metrics, including data from the National Highway Traffic, Traffic Safety Administration and the U.S. Census Bureau. Five-year average used for all these metrics with data from 2017 to 2021. It's number of people killed in fatal crashes, crashes involving a drunk driver, distracted drivers, speeding. So we come in at number 15. Yee, that's not good. Raleigh, way down at 43. Well, starting at the bottom, at the top 10 worst drivers, Tampa, Fort Worth, Phoenix, Louisville, Dallas, Kansas City, Tucson, Detroit, Memphis, the worst, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Who knew? <laughs> Here's another encouraging piece of information. Charlotte Observer reports Charlotte Airport's getting millions of dollars for new project. By the way, understand that Pete Buttigieg is coming into town today in association with this. This is designed to improve the passenger experience. $27 million to help fund up to 16 new passenger boarding bridges. That's what you use to get to and from the plane. $86.8 million total. The Transportation Secretary announcing the grant today, doing a nationwide tour to highlight almost a billion dollars in grants. They're going to fund 114 airports across 44 states, three territories. So one of the areas they're going to work on is e-concourse. Um, this is uh, something designed, I believe, to do kind of a facelift of e-concourse. That's the area where all the regional planes are. If you're um, flying on a regional flight, it's an area where, uh, and you may have noticed, there have been some renovations at some of the other concourses. I think they've already done B, and you've got some sections of A that have been redone. Um, I think their purpose is to do all of these so that they kind of have a fresh look about them. So some federal money to get this accomplished, which is certainly a good thing to get some of our money back.
Let's go out to a call from Spencer. Good morning and welcome, Spencer. Good morning, Ben. Uh, last week you were talking about travel? Yes. I have a bit of maybe a travel suggestion for you. Um, on April 8th, there will be a total solar eclipse in Texas. And the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport on one side, on the west side of Dallas-Fort Worth Airport is 2 minutes and 46 seconds of totality. On the east side is 3 minutes and 9 seconds of totality. And you can do like I did in 1998, fly in the airport, stand outside, watch the eclipse, get back on the plane and come home. Because <laughs> you're not going to be able to find a hotel room in anywhere around there. Really? It's going to be that bad? Uh, what is the date yeah. again for this? April 8th? April the 8th. And this will be visible what time of day? Oh, one, let's see. Um, totality in Texas is starting at... 127 and ending in 149, depending upon where you are. That's central daylight time. So this, you're saying it's best to see it from Dallas? Uh, anywhere along this 115-mile-wide uh, path that runs from Mexico to Maine through a whole bunch of, like, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, New York, uh, you know, along the Great Lakes, up the St. Lawrence River to Quebec and Newfoundland. So we won't be able to see that here? 80% partial here. Okay. Okay. But a partial eclipse, uh, a 99% partial eclipse is like throwing your kids and your wife in the car and driving to Disneyland, pulling up in the parking lot and saying, there's Disneyland, and then turning around and coming home. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, well, I'm, I'm looking uh, at my calendar now to uh, look at this. Oh, it falls on a Monday. Me, hmm, okay. Yes. Well, let me tell you what. I've seen five of these things, and it's like seeing God. Wow. It is that. It is that amazing. That is well. Thank you for that heads up, and uh, sure. I'm going to make it a point to make some plans to be able to see this uh, in the best way possible when uh, approaching that particular date. That ought to be some good stuff for sure. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program. It's time for us to take a look at the day in history. Tommy, are you ready for this? Hello, yeah, speed round. Let's do it. Let us, let us start here to 1758. And this is uh, kind of interesting because it's not a favorite condiment of mine. It went for sale for the first time in America. Ben Jackson responsible for it. It's in uh, a yellow condiment 1758 was the year what is the condiment well i really wasn't sure but i think mustard with the yellow yeah thing. it's mustard yuck absolutely yuck not a not mustard a, fan no i don't like it just way too bitter for me 
Way I too big. I see that. It's not my favorite condiment, but you know, on a on a nice bratwurst or with a big German pretzel or something, I like a good grainy <laughs> mustard. You know. Yeah, there you go. 1764. This place founded as a fur trading post. This is a place with an arch, and with a. Uh, it's called the gateway to the Midwest. Or Saint the Louis. West. St. Louis is absolutely correct. 1898, the USS Maine exploded in Havana Harbor. 1903, this president sparked a run on this particular animal that started going on sale as a little cuddly thing to hold. Um, what was it? 1903. Uh, wasn't it a beaver? No, it was... Think of the president's name. It was oh, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, duh. Teddy Bear, 1903. 1933, FDR escaped an assassination attempt. Disney Cinderella opened in theaters back in 1950. The song Deo, Banana Boat Song, 1957, went to number one. Do you know who did this song? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Harry Belafonte. Gotcha. Yeah, that's out of my wheelhouse for sure. Two more for you, 1965. This country adopted the maple leaf flag. The country directly to our north. Canada. That's Canada. And last but not least, 1998, Dale Earnhardt Sr. won his first Daytona 500. That's all the time we have. Thanks very much for joining us. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. Adios.